It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. On your Wednesday episode of Locked on Raptors, the Toronto Raptors return home tonight from their road trip, and it could be a farewell. We will dig into our feelings regarding the potential final games in Toronto for Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, hell, maybe even Pascal Siakam, though I doubt it. We will then cleanse the palate and distract us from all of the tension and anger and fear and all of the stuff that's caught up with the deadline and run through some wonderful mailbag questions from you, the listeners. It's all coming up with Katie Heidel today on Locked On Raptors. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on welcome to episode number 1337 of locked on raptors for wednesday february the 8th i'm your host sean woodley i'm covering the toronto raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms you can find all of my work over on twitter at woodley sean you can follow subscribe to rate and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps and of course we are on youtube please go hit the big fat red subscribe button on the youtube channel and support the show it makes me feel very good it helps (laughs) boost the algorithm all of that stuff it's very much appreciated when you go ahead and do that also appreciated today are our friends over at linkedin bringing you today's show linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nba all right on today's show it's a, it's a grim one. It could be a grim one. The Raptors play the Spurs tonight, and uh, this could be a farewell. The Raptors, of course, have been on the road for a couple of weeks. You're going to get some home cooking. That's nice to see. 
but it could be one last little stop in Toronto for Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr., who the hell knows who else it could be. Uh, and maybe this is a bit of a swan song, a farewell of Viking funeral game. So we're going to talk about that at the top. we got lots of mailbag questions, too, looking at the deadline, looking at the second half of the season or the stretch run after the deadline. Uh, but first, got to bring in Katie Heindel, who was with me last night on a panel at the Rivoli in Queen Street, uh, on Queen Street West. It was a great time. We got to chat with lots of lovely folks who listen to the show. Hello to uh, Dave and uh, God, I'm missing names. Simon was there and Brian. Lots of great people were chatting last night and more. Uh, Katie, how the hell are you? I'm great. Our chats were a little different, but <laughs> I'm great. I'm good. I'm feeling a little bit sleepy. Uh-huh. Um, I'm in full slob mode. So, yep. Yeah. I'm ready Me to too. Go. I uh <laughs> look, you might hear the little the, the the rasp in my voice today. We went after the panel thing to go watch the uh the LeBron James record setter. That was a lot of fun, but as it turns out when you live in Hamilton, uh it, you get home late when you stay out past midnight and so I'm running on like 5 hours sleep. It's fine. We're here. We're excited the deadline will drive us through because we're all very excited for all the trades. Uh mm-hmm. Katie Let's start with tonight. Raptors, Spurs, not much to preview in the game. The Spurs stink. The Raptors stink marginally less. Uh, But the obvious sort of elephant in the room is this could be the final game in Toronto for various members of the Toronto Raptors, various members of the Toronto Raptors championship team from 2019. Bit of uh, end of an era vibes going around. We still don't know exactly who is going to move or if anyone will, in fact, move. Seems like the writing's on the wall. Seems as though the bidding around the league is uh, pretty hot for a lot of these guys. But just, you know, we did this two years ago on the morning of the deadline where everyone thought Kyle Lowry was for sure getting traded. It was the night after that Denver Nuggets win the last. Hey, amazing. This was so fun. Kyle did like an hour-long media availability and then didn't get traded. Uh, Are we... Do you think looking at a potential uh, buildup of uh, sad and morose feelings only to be disappointed or perhaps pleased by the fact that there is no trade tomorrow? Where where, where are you at, Katie? Where's your head at going into what will be a feelings-heavy night for Toronto Raptors fans, I'm sure? I'm sorry to say I feel pretty removed from this one. Damn. Damn. Fred Van Vliet, your boy. We've, <laughs> I think your very first episode on this show, like six years ago, we talked Probably. in depth about your love of Fred Van Vliet. This Probably. is, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, with Fred, I will preface it. And I guess this goes for everyone who's been mentioned uh, as like could be moving. I think that there's an impasse, you know, at all of their careers right now, whether that's mm-hmm. them staying with the team or leaving. And I think whatever happens, you know, especially in somebody like Fred's case, new representation, looking at like new contract uh maybe has grown out of a certain kind of role with the team Mm -hmm. and again i do think that could go for all of them whatever happens will be probably good for them this is kind of like the bittersweet part kyle lowry was different because Mm -hmm. it felt more the end of a career right yeah which i hate saying but like it did feel (laughs) a little bit like that sure and like certainly an era and these guys have had their era in toronto too but there's still so much more ahead of them. So maybe that's why I feel okay about whatever could happen. And like, as we said last night, there's still a good chance that nothing happens. So I'm trying mm-hmm. not to, I'm doing the opposite of what we usually do, right. which is like tr- try not to work myself into anything until sure. it goes down. It, it's very hard not to work yourself into a, a tizzy this week, I must say, with all the stuff that's flying around nonstop. 
I I think I'm with you a little bit in that it doesn't feel quite as somber mm-hmm. and sort of heavy as the potential of a Kyle deal felt. A, Kyle's the best Raptor of all time, so there's just like added heft to it all. But mm-hmm. there, you know, that, that Tampa season was a bummer for a lot of reasons. And a, a big reason was it kind of felt like it robbed the Raptors. And, you know, you go back to the bubble as well, but it kind of felt like it robbed the Raptors of a proper finish to that era. Mm-hmm. And that deadline, it kind of just felt all of a sudden everyone gets sick. Uh, they missed the entire month of March, basically, of having no good players out there. They lose all the games. And it was all of a sudden, oh, damn, like this is happening now. They have to stare down the barrel of moving on from the best player the franchise has ever seen. And it didn't feel natural. It felt like it was just kind of thrust upon the team in in Mm -hmm. an unexpected way. Whereas this, I mean, the season's been such a slog and a disappointment to this point that I do think there's just this sort of eagerness to change up the vibe and change up the mix. And, you know, that's going to have to come at the expense of moving out longstanding Raptors in all likelihood. But I do feel like maybe people are more braced for change than they were a couple of years ago when the Kyle thing happened. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's a bit of a, a strange one here, Katie, because, you know, I'm curious for you, how mm-hmm. much of wanting to see stuff at the deadline is just a byproduct of just kind of wanting to see some fresh blood and, and some like new faces and just kind of rejuvenate the roster? I know for me. I'm just kind of interested in like talking about some new guys and like new lineup combinations and uh, new personalities that we get to know. It feels as though I know this team hasn't been together that long, but it does feel like things have stagnated a little bit um, just in terms of like the, the, the just the day to day joy of watching these guys in and out it's you know felt a little bit hollow this year are are you excited just for the proposition of new dudes in the mix no because i feel like that's (laughs) and this is just for me like i just feel like it's such a bloodthirsty way to approach but you're right i think that is actually how most people approach the trade deadline and why Mm -hmm. it's so exciting to so many people is because Mm -hmm. it's like everybody loves new things to to them in the NBA right Mm -hmm. and that's like the entire point of the deadline I think as a fan Mm -hmm. so sure but I mean I will lament a little you know the guy like somebody like I don't know I think Otto's saying of course but like I think I still I'm like what about these guys (laughs) we haven't (laughs) even got to talk about yet you know like in a really meaningful way um you're yours different because you have to talk about it every single day so <laughs> i understand for you what the appeal is um but i don't know like i know like i feel like i i'm familiar with a lot of other players around the league just for the sure. way that i cover the yeah. nba so yeah. there's certainly like i don't get to this like kind of wish list players that it would be wonderful to see in toronto mm-hmm. um but i feel like no one is like a wow <laughs> Like, and I, I sound now. I'm realizing I just sound so like uh, I don't like a snob. Like I can't be entertained. By I know all the basketball players already. I don't mean it like that <laughs> because I think the the appeal is, of course, like seeing them in the mix and seeing them yeah on this team and the way that they'll actually play for the rappers because it it's going to be a lot different no mm-hmm. matter who it is. So sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm not a proponent of making trades for the sake of making trades because i think that's a way to get yourself in trouble and like if you the offer's not there for a guy then don't do it like there's nothing forcing your hand here 
I do kind of subscribe, though, to the idea that, like, change for the sake of change can be a good thing. And that's, I guess, what I've kind of settled on going into the deadline here. I don't really know what's going to happen. I, you know, I've said OG, I think, is probably the move here just as, you know, like a pure um, team building move or whatever. Mm. But I'll make my peace with whatever happens. I just, I think I've come around to something's got to happen just for the sake of something happening to just inject something new because it does feel like the, this season's been such a, a grind that it, it, it you know it could use some some fresh faces and good times we're going to come back on the other side and get to questions about potential fresh faces fresh faces and good times we got lots of great questions as well on the back part of the season what to expect playing versus you know tanking all the way down to the Wemby zone we'll get to that coming up in just one second before we do that however got to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs, which is the number one place you should be going to hire if you are a small business owner or hiring manager. It's really important that you nail your hires. In 2023, success all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the exact skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. No longer are you sifting through the needle in the haystack for the needle in the haystack, trying to find the one person who matches all of your requirements for whatever job you have open. Now, the needle comes to you. It's just like, hi, I'm right here. Pick me out. I'm right here. And it's just like a whole bunch of needles you're choosing from. That's the beauty of LinkedIn Jobs. It's no longer a haystack. It's a needle stack. And everyone's right there for you. I've totally riffed this this piece of copy, but uh, I think LinkedIn Jobs will enjoy it. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all in one platform. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day here on Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Lots of mailbag questions here, Katie, to sift through. Lots of really good ones. Let's start with our pal Eric Morris at Epic Moppus, the most famous Tennessee and Toronto Raptors fan there is. Uh, Eric asks, is there someone who wouldn't be the centerpiece of a trade that you'd like to see the Raptors trade for? A good vibes, dude. We were discussing this last night, Katie. You made a really good point on the Raptors Republic panel, which everyone should have been at. Sorry you missed it. It was too good. To, uh, it was really, really great. Uh, you, you, you failed if you didn't go. Um, but... 
you mentioned the idea of like a good faith move just to, you know, to sort of bring some sort of positive, happy energy into the mix for the Raptors at the deadline. I suggested a humble Malachi Flynn and Kem Birch for Terrence Ross trade. Uh, but that doesn't have to be your answer to this question. Katie, is there someone you'd like to see the Raptors go out and try to acquire as sort of a, not a, a necessarily a big team building move, but more of a team spirit building move? Your propaganda was very strong last night. Lots of Terrence um, Ross love. Come back, Terry. We love you. <laughs> my good, I'll make a point. I like your take on the good faith move. Mine was kind of like I went back to that Marcus Hall and Serge Ibaka neglecting mm. to give those guys another year. I mean, two sure. years. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that would have been a good faith move. So like sure. doing right by somebody who is very valuable to the franchise in a lot of other ways than just on the floor. So I do sure. think that there could still be a good faith move to be made, whether between uh, OG, Pascal, Fred, in them staying mm-hmm. is what I mean by a good faith move. Gotcha. Um, mm-hmm. But okay. I also do like your idea of a good faith move being someone, like bringing someone in who's going to be really valuable to the team. Mm-hmm. I hesitate because it's like, I think they tried to do that with Thad and with yeah. Otto and yeah. like, you know, for various reasons it hasn't worked or it like wasn't enough. So I would actually be like wary to bring in just like some person. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of weight on someone's shoulder. That said, there's a great man out there <laughs> by the name of Serge Ibaka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who just hasn't really, then again, maybe he's like, no, why now? Now you need me. Mm. Now you're desperate. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, like we'll, I'll put that potential out the window. But you know, he hasn't really, uh, I think, found a fit or like mm-hmm. a, a comfortable place that he looks himself in since mm-hmm. he left Toronto. So Serge could be one. I mean that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Katie. I no. got to hop on the Serge thing because uh, that's the move to me. Uh, <laughs> look, Serge Ibaka. Not really playing for the Bucks right now. Don't imagine he's going to figure into the long-term plans for that team, unfortunately, mm-hmm. even though everyone should have Serge Ibaka in the Udonis Haslam role as uh, just a team good times guy. I think the Raptors should call up the Bucks and say, hey, Malachi Flynn, you guys don't have a lot of ball handling. You guys are pretty weak on that stuff. you got three guys who can dribble basically on the whole team. Uh, Malachi Flynn doesn't do a whole lot, but he can dribble. Uh, what, what say you we just flip a little Malachi Flynn for Serge Ibaka? Ibaka comes in, maybe plays sparingly down the stretch. Maybe he gives you 10 minutes as a backup center, which would probably be better than most of the backup center minutes they've gotten this season anyway. Uh, and you just get Serge Ibaka in the door once again, working for Sportsnet, doing how hungry are you, probably being on TV, being handsome everywhere, bring back all of his shows. Uh, maybe I'm a prisoner of nostalgia and, and just uh, want to keep on watching the guys that I like or liked at important times in my life. But mm-hmm. Serge Ibaka rules. Uh, I would love to see him back in Toronto in some capacity, just as one of those on the side. You know, this doesn't change our, our lives big time types of types of moves. But uh, I feel like that would be a good way to sort of uh, calm down the wolves in the fan base who are very angry and out for blood. Uh, let's continue on here, Katie. This next question here comes from Jeff Lowe asking, with such a light schedule coming up, how can the Raptors remain in striking distance of the number one overall pick? Seems, seems almost impossible not to make the play-in. 
I want to just sort of spin this question around a little bit and just say, Katie, you know, the prospect of the Raptors going on a second half run, I think is very real. If you look at the schedule, it is easy coming up in the next 10 games or so. There's a world in which in 10 games time, they're like 33 and 32. Uh, It's that light in terms of, you know, quality of competition. I'll also throw in this question that also kind of ties into all this from our pal Freddie Rivas, who we saw last night. Hi, Freddie. He asked if the Raptors make a fun run and have an entertaining end of the season, playing exciting first round, maybe. Uh, should pro tankers be banned from watching? Uh, just your general <laughs> philosophy on the idea of the Raptors making a second half run here. What, do you feel like it'd be a missed opportunity to get more lottery balls? Or do you find value in the idea of the Raptors turning this thing around and actually bringing some good spirit and joy to the whole mix with a nice little second half run here? Um, this is tough because like right now there's still equal distance between like, yeah, falling out completely Mm. and being like increasing their odds in the lottery Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. yeah, being like a, maybe not even a play in team, right? Like probably a play in team. Uh, I will also say that they have tended to play to their competition. Yeah, that's true. That could (laughs) blow up in their faces down. They do play Dwayne Casey's Pistons coming up twice. So yeah, yeah. exactly. (laughs) Um, I will believe it when I see it. I mean, generally, I don't think uh, it's wise to just build to just like if you're going into a rebuild year with a team to rely on the lottery solely Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's a crapshoot and a gamble, and you never know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? And you've already so, gotten your luck. You got Scotty Barnes. Yeah, you had you've, you've had had your the hit. rabbit's foot up your butt already. Yeah, <laughs> like you've had your high hit. Obviously, it's a very appealing lottery this year. Uh, but but then again, on the side of the play, and we talked about this last night. It's kind of like what for? Yeah, you know, like what what is it going to give you? Maybe other than a bit more experience in the in a playoff situation for some of your younger players, probably just namely Scotty. Mm-hmm. Um, what is kind of the purpose of it? Maybe if they're at, I could see it if they're at on a run and they're kind of in, going into the playoffs and like the momentum is high, spirits have somehow gotten much better, and it's just like a total vibes turnaround. Mm-hmm. Maybe also they add some people today or tomorrow and that helps too mm-hmm. then i could see you know something like a playoff run even if it is just like a first round exit feeling like the momentum that this team needs mm-hmm. to, to push itself into next season that is also exactly what happened last year <laughs> right so um yeah. yeah all to say i don't think it's smart to just be like let's just tank for the lottery and I yeah. don't know that tankers could be banned because there are freaks out there who enjoy watching basketball every kind of way. <laughs> that way is one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, power to you. But I fundamentally disagree with you. Yeah. I think this is honestly kind of a no-lose situation for the Raptors. Like, if they go on a run and make the play and maybe even make it into the first round of that the playoffs proper... Yes, you'll look at the end result being like first round exit. Wow, that's stunk. But like if that happens, that means we've had a damn good time in the next two and a half months between now and the end of the regular season. Like that Mm -hmm. means something really fun has happened. And to me, 
watching basketball is about uh, having fun and enjoying the team you watch. And I feel like there's a lot of value in two and a half months of an entertaining run for a team that, again, has Scotty Barnes on it already. This is not a team that's at risk of being stuck on the wheel of mediocrity because they finished 11th or 10th or whatever. Um, this, is, this is a team with upward mobility already kind of baked into the into the pie. And so, yeah, if you go on a run, that means something really awesome has happened. If you don't, that means you get a really uh, good shot at, at jumping up in the lottery in what is a very good lottery. To me, there's no downside here. I do think playoff experience is valuable. I think single elimination games are never not super fun just as an observer. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you can get into the playoffs proper and give a team a run, like that's valuable. The playoffs last year, as much as it stuck, as it sucked to not have Scotty Barnes for a chunk of it with injury, but like we saw Precious Achua really succeeded in the playoffs. That was really valuable. Scotty Barnes getting time to take over playoff games. That matters. Even Pascal Siakam getting proof of concept of like his style of play, his adapted style of play with the playmaking and the scoring and the mid range, like that's playoff proof basketball he was incredible for much of that series against the Sixers and that proof of concept is very important when you're you know building your team out getting a look at what things look like in the pressure cooker of the playoffs mm -hmm. is a good thing inherently and so I don't think they're going to just tank the season if they try and lose a bunch of games anyway like they have all season long then we're just in the same spot we are now um, but if they go in on, on, a, on a bit of a run here it means we've had a pretty damn good time in the next couple of months and there's lots of positive benefits to it as well and you'll still probably be in the lottery because you'll lose in the play-in or you'll you know you'll have the 15th or 16th pick which is not a bad place to be necessarily anyway um any parting shots on that before we move on here, Katie? No. All right. Let's uh, take a quick break. On the other side, we'll dig into questions about Pascal Siakam. If he's asked to go to the All-Star game, does he go or does he go to the beach? Uh, Katie, the resident vacation knower, will uh, will have good thoughts on that, I'm sure. We also got a question from our pal Jay Rich, who's a regular question asker about the goals of the team and what the deadline might tell us about that. We'll get to that in just one sec. Before we do that... Got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about FanDuel as well. They're our new betting sponsor, our partner here at Locked On. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download the FanDuel app now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 this weekend with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from money line to point spreads to whoever's going to score a touchdown. You get the same game parlay. What a great way to you know have fun with the Super Bowl. Maybe you don't care about either team involved, but you have a little money down on that same game parlay. That's a fun time. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat-first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL and of LockedOn. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we continue on here with your first listen of the day. Katie Heindel, round it out. We got mailbag questions galore. Apologies to those who sent in questions that we're not going to get to, uh, but there's a lot of questions. You guys did a really good job here. Maybe I'll save some for later in the week. This one here from our pal Jay Rich. If the Raptors don't make a move at the deadline, how do we best interpret the front office's goals for this this season versus the future? Um, so, like, what do you think inaction tomorrow at the deadline will tell us about where the front office is in terms of planning going forward and general philosophy? What say you, Katie? I mean, we don't know. We never right. will know. Let's preface it with that. Um, but I think if they take a swing and, you know, one of like either OG and Anobi, uh, or Fred Van Vliet um, go, mm-hmm. then you're seeing this um, basically, I think, an admission that we, we are like making a change of tack in terms of direction. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're rerouting our course and what we thought it would be at the start of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a move like Gary Trent Jr., you know, I'm not even really mentioning Pascal Siakam because I just don't. He's not I really would be stunned if he's moved. I, all the reporting yeah. from all the insiders says he's not on the table. So um, then that's like, you know, maybe a lesser, like you're not doing a 180 in, mm-hmm. in a change of direction, but you are admitting that things have not worked as planned or you know mm-hmm. there needs to be an adjustment i think any move you know and we've said this so many times already but like any move will signal some progress mm-hmm. um because right now it does feel like there's no clear direction you know i also said this last night and i feel like i've said this many times <laughs> but i think we have the sense that the franchise is a bit rudderless at the moment mm-hmm. nothing is really prioritized like because they've tried to prioritize so many things in the fallout of like not getting not being able to run it back and not being able to land Giannis mm-hmm. then having some disruptions that did really set them back you know I forgot that Masai had said that that Tampa season set them back like we say five years something like that yeah and I yeah. believe that you know for a lot of other um reasons we don't really get to see yeah uh from our like from our side of things so I think any move will signal like okay we hear you. Yeah. We also acknowledge that like things are not working, uh, mm-hmm. and we're we're trying to re- like retool this. But I sure. still would like to hear, and they'll like they'll do a presser right if they do a move. What mm-hmm. uh, what they even though it's like this is just the talking points that you're saying out loud, but like what they would, what the direction is because yeah. it's one thing to say we're focused on development because if you focus on development you're not really focusing on winning in the same way Mm -hmm. because you need to allow for failure uh, and you need to allow for like growing pains, you know, uh, and kind of like cratering of progress at times before it then like shoots up again. Mm -hmm. Like as we saw with somebody like Pascal. Uh, But if you're like, we're just winning, 
then that's you're trying to build your team a different way. But at the beginning of the season, they said we we're we're focused on winning, but we're focused on development. And I just mm-hmm. don't see. It doesn't seem like they've been able to do those two things simultaneously. So to pick a direction in either, yeah. or I think that's what needs to happen. Yeah, I would imagine Masai or Bobby will speak tomorrow regardless of if they make a move or not, just because they usually will kind of do a debrief on okay. what their thinking was. And I think that's as interesting as anything that could happen tomorrow, like just sort of getting it because we haven't heard from them all season long. We don't know how they feel about things. I'm sure they're not pleased, but like we don't really know. Do they did they think this was kind of part of the the experience? They were going to be maybe you know, leaning on having internal growth and it didn't happen. And, and like, is this just like part of the deal? It, it's it's interesting. I think what's really fascinating is if they don't do anything what that like i think it's it gets a lot harder to parse what their intentions are because it could be a signal that hey we believe in this core we believe in the upward mobility that a scotty or a precious provides us and that this core can work just with more time and a little fine tuning or it could be we're gonna keep our powder dry and uh maybe try to do something bigger in the off season the deadline is not always the best time for big time maneuvers you keep guys under contract. You, you sign a Fred or a Trent. Obviously, that will come with a six-month, uh, you know, lead time and, until you can trade them again. But I do wonder if it suggests that the off-season will be the time for their wheeling and dealing. I think they have to get a head start, head start on it now. Like I think waiting to get that sort of those those wheels in motion could be pretty risky. But especially with Fred and Gary, if you lose them for nothing, that's a pretty devastating blow. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think if they do make a deal, it becomes a little clearer. Like, okay, they're they're pivoting this into the Scotty Pascal era, and they're going to try to reassemble the roster around them. I would assume. But if they do nothing, that's where there's all sorts of questions, and everyone will surely be very, very angry if nothing happens by the end of tomorrow. Uh, let's get to one last question here. This one comes from our pal Jay at B-Ball Thinking. If Adam Tilbert taps Pascal for the All-Star game, should Siakam go, or is Beach R&R just too good at this point? Uh, we know Pascal is a man who's very good on a beach. He loves a sea star. He loves, uh, you know, one of those little over-the-water hut huts. I think probably he would he would vibe with that. Uh, thoughts on if Pascal is asked to go to the All Star game, should he go? I believe he made comments yesterday suggesting that he would be pretty all right with some vacation, as he should be, considering he's played seven thousand minutes a night for two straight seasons. But thoughts, Katie, on uh, if Pascal should go? I mean, it's up to him. Obviously, we can't tell him what to do. But what would you like to see? Someone who is going to be on a plane flying to California when the trade deadline mm. like gets its most hectic, <laughs> um, I think he should go on vacation. Yes, go on like, vacation. <laughs> like genuinely, I do feel like that moment has kind of come and gone, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a little bit of a consolation uh, mm-hmm. in something that is important to players and is like very prideful. I think it's much different to be selected. Um, by like either your peers and the fans and the media mm-hmm. uh, in that first round or even as a reserve than to be now like given this sort of um, honorarium. Yeah. You know? okay. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> we didn't really want you here, but now we need you. You want to yeah. come, come, come on, come, come in a way like, a little bit. <laughs> that could be a great opportunity for a younger person in the league. Um, but I think, you know, Pascal should probably just like take it in stride and hit the beach. 
Mm-hmm. I agree, uh, especially if uh, any of his pals have been dealt by the this time tomorrow or the three three o'clock tomorrow. He's gonna want to go and uh, yeah. reflect, recuperate, get get some alone time, get some time with his thoughts. I think. Uh, yeah, it'd be nice if he was an all-star, for sure. It's always nice for the legacy to have that extra all-star tick on your basketball reference page. But ultimately, uh, everyone knows Pascal Siakam is an all-star level player, an all-NBA player. That's like not up for debate. He's incredible. Um, it's it's silly that he didn't make the all-star team, considering his numbers. He's like the first player ever averaging 25, 8, and 6 who hasn't made the all-star team. That's uh-huh. part of the inflation of stats around the league, I'm sure, a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's pretty silly. But hey, you know. It gives you an opportunity to relax and not have to travel to Salt Lake City in the middle of February. Maybe that's all right. Um, I mean, I will. I'll be there. Hey, <laughs> I I hope you have a great time because Utah is very pretty. There's no doubt about that. It's a it's a pretty state. I was there not long ago. It's uh, it's great. It's got I've a never lot been going in the winter time. <laughs> uh, go and do some skis. Get, nope. get, get them skis out, Katie. Go, you know, uh, go to the Olympic Park time. and uh, <laughs> learn some moguls or something along those lines. I look mm-hmm. forward to Katie on the Slopes, a uh, fun web series sponsored by Locked On Raptors. Uh, we're going to wrap it there. Katie, anything you want to promote for the good people out there? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'll promote for you. Basketball Feelings. It's great. Uh, you did a, a podcast yesterday with Mike Prada, who we all love. Um, Mike's and, a uh, laugh. He's a great guy. Great guy. Uh, very fun voice to listen to. I always enjoy his uh, his tones. And uh, everyone go subscribe to Basketball Feelings. I'm a paid subscriber, and I'm a very happy customer. So go do that. Uh, also, be sure to uh, subscribe, rate, review, follow, go to YouTube, subscribe to the show as well. It's all very much appreciated when you support the show in the tiny little ways we ask you to do so. We'll be back again tomorrow morning. Jamar Hines is going to pop on. We're going to talk about Raptors Spurs as a bit of a, a time killer as we wait for the deadline to explode into all sorts of nonsense. I'll also be doing a live show tomorrow around 3, 3.30 probably, just depending on time and, and situation. But when the deadline has passed, we'll, we'll be firing up a live show on the Lockdown Raptors YouTube channel, so you can go and watch it there. And uh, we'll commiserate or celebrate and talk about new Raptor Serge Ibaka and how great it is <laughs> and all that stuff on tomorrow's live show. Go make your second listen of the day now, Locked On Leafs as uh, you're doing a wonderful job over there covering your Toronto Maple Leafs as they are back into the second half of the season post-All-Star break. And, uh, yeah, that'll be it. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you again on Thursday. Uh, Enjoy the Viking funeral, everybody. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.